Hello and welcome to Women in Strength. This is the podcast that goes far beyond what they teach us in Cert 3 and 4. My name is Rasheen Hawley and I'm going to be spending this time with you every single week, jumping into the real life challenges, the real life topics that we face as a coach, as a business owner, and as a woman running her own business in the fitness industry. I've been in the industry since 2013, where I started out as a sole trader in a commercial space, and now I own my own gym here in Melbourne called Barbell Babes Brigade. I absolutely love being in this industry, and I love educating and exploring the things that come up on a daily basis. I love to help other ladies really explore their capabilities as a business owner, as a coach, and seeing what they can do. Because the thing is, when we create businesses as women, we are unrivaled. We have a power that is so untouchable, and I really, really want to explore these topics that, quite frankly, can stop us in our tracks sometimes. So strap in, we've got lots of stuff to cover. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. My name is Ro and I'm the host of the Women in Strength podcast and I'm just so excited to have you here. Um, It means a lot to me that you choose to listen to these episodes and I wanted to say first of all thank you for giving me feedback. So I really appreciate when you guys reach out and and tell me the episodes that you're enjoying um, because it allows me to make sure that the topics are appropriate for our listeners And that's actually the like little segue around why we're speaking about this topic today. So today's episode is called Advice for Aspiring Gym Owners. And I wanted to hit this episode now because of so much of what's going on here in the fitness industry here in Australia, the landscape of the fitness industry is changing and aspiring to be a gym owner is like more pivotal and more relevant for so many right now. So I might just quickly explain that a little bit further before we go any further. So I'm here in Victoria and Australia, start of September, um, and we're into our sixth lockdown. And my gosh, six lockdowns since it started March 23rd. And the landscape is changing. So what I mean by that is Obviously, with this whole fuckery of the pandemic, it is really make making coaches consider what they're doing. It's really forced coaches to go, what am I doing with my products and my services? What does my business mean to me? Where do I want to go out of lockdowns? What do I want to do with my business? Where do I want to work? Like there's just, it's such a natural stop point to do some reflection. And then at the same token, it's actually a big shakeup for people that purchase products and services and programs in the fitness industry. You know, obviously when people are in lockdowns, they're forced to do things either virtually online, um, whether it's actually engaging in virtual sessions or whether it's online training or whatever, like it's just made people really stop and go, okay, cool. Am I going to engage in health and fitness and how am I going to do that? And I think that that in itself is so, it's like such a big shakeup for the fitness industry in Australia because a lot of coaches are now considering, well, when this is over or even now if you're not in lockdown, because all states in Australia are not in lockdown, they're like, what do I want to do? Do I want to go back to a commercial gym? Do I want to do it by myself? Do I want to go fully online? Do I want to do a hybrid of online and face-to-face? Do I want to go and open my own gym? And there's a lot of people now that are actually like, you know what? I've been in the industry for a number of years. 
I think I actually want to go and do stuff myself now, whether that's out of their garage or whether that's doing something, you know, renting in a small boutique or whether that's opening their own space. So I think it's really, really fucking exciting because it's giving our clients in the industry so many more options. You know, I am a gym owner here in Melbourne. So my gym, Barbell Babes Brigade, we have been open since 2017. So next year, February next year will be five years since I've owned the actual gym. And we've found with our community that like some people really fucking love online training. Some people love face-to-face, some like a combination. And it's like at every time we come out of a lockdown, people make changes. And I think that's just exciting because we are changing our products and services. Our programs are making adjustments depending on the needs of our clients when they're in lockdown and when we come on the back end of lockdown as well. So It's all about looking at what your clients need, what's going to serve them when it comes to the health and fitness goals and making pivots and changes as appropriate. And like, that's truly fucking exciting. So advice for aspiring gym owners has, is an episode that I want to record now and give you some tangibles to kind of think about and look at if this is something that you're considering and you're really obviously aspiring to be someone that is in that space. Um, Because I think that people are going, yeah, cool. That one of the first points that lots of coaches are doing is going and having a look at rent, to be quite frank. And yes, that's great. You obviously need to have a look at how much it costs to be a gym owner and like what are your expenses that are going to go out and all this kind of stuff. But like that's often not your first point to go to is just to see the rent. So like, for example, um, when I was working in a commercial gym, the rent that we had to pay, gosh, I haven't been there for years now. I think it was like 330 by the end of it when I was there. So $330 a week to rent in a commercial space. And so when you go and look at, you know, a factory or a, you know, a, a, any kind of commercial real estate, a lot of the time coaches are going, oh my God, like this is way more obtainable than I thought. Like rent is like almost the same or if not, you know, if not a little bit more, or if they've got staff, like it works out to be more affordable for them on a, for the rent, but that's not just it. So let's just with that token now, let's look at some advice that I have for aspiring gym owners. So number one is an eventuation from this rent kind of little discussion that I've opened up there. So number one is knowing your numbers. So when you're wanting to open a gym, I like to because right now I'm dealing, who am I, who's, who are my current clients uh, wanting to open a gym or in the process of it? I've got about three of my current clients that are either in the process um, or are going through the initial like starting base of opening a gym. And we first of all, look at knowing your numbers. Now, when I say knowing your numbers, it's not just money going out like expenses of rent, um, you know, uh, permits, electricity, water, all that kind of stuff. Yes, that's fucking important, but you need to look at everything. Like I encourage them to like picture, what does it look like? Like what are the programs that you're going to offer? Um, what could your timetable look like? So when we say knowing your numbers, you're really going deep on what are the models that you have? Like what are the programs that you offer? How much money will that bring in? What are the expenses and the load associated with those programs and models that you're going to offer? How many people do you then need to fill those particular programs? What's your base level client number that you need in order to cover your expenses? So when we're looking at our expenses, we're obviously looking at the normal, you know, easy things, um, rent, water, electricity, permits, um, insurance, you know, any legalities, all of that kind of stuff. 
but we're also looking about any extra things added on to those expenses. And then with your models, the programs that you're going to offer, looking at how much money you need to bring in to cover all of those expenses. And I'm telling them and asking them to really not just like explore the initial expenses like rent and electricity and all that kind of stuff, but include expenses for annual. So what I mean by annuals is looking at all of your subscriptions, looking at the education that you might want to do, looking at the upskilling, looking at your first aid, looking at the stationery, looking at equipment upgrades, any of that kind of stuff, because you need to fucking still build that in. Looking at expenses like CPI increases, looking at if you've got staff, what might be pay increases, all of that kind of stuff there, right? Because if you don't know your numbers when you're opening, and then you also don't like open the lens for what your numbers could be in one year, you can ultimately set up programs and models that might be undercharged. You might then have it all off that the amount of clients that you need to sign is actually not enough to cover your expenses. And then before you know it, you have to sign more and more clients and the, like the classes are overloaded or the spatial awareness on the floor is not there. So the advice for aspiring gym owners, point one, is knowing your fucking numbers of everything that's going out, everything that's coming in, and what that looks like in terms of client capacity, how many staff members you might need to service that. If you don't have staff members, then obviously you would need to be servicing that. Having a look at the different model options. Do you want to do a group model, a semi-private model, a one-on-one, an online model as well alongside face-to-face? So it's really like stepping into imagining that you're in the gym. This is what the expenses are that are coming through. This is what I like a week to week. This is what it looks like. This is what my schedule might look like. This is how many sessions I'd be running and then offering in the gym and then looking at all of those numbers associated with it. Okay. What I'm actually just going to do while I'm recording this podcast is you might just hear me clicking. I'm just going to bring up, I was sharing this with um, my mentoring group. Oh gosh, I can't remember when. And it's about the expenses for my gym. So I'm not going to tell you how much my expenses are, but I'm going to tell you some of the things, like the categories of the things that we have as expenses, just to really open your eyes as to what is there. So you just hear me clicking away. I'm just bringing up the file that I shared with them. And when I shared it with them, they were like a little shook at how many expenses there are. And it was like, oh, okay, cool. I didn't consider that. All right, monthly expenses. Okay, so the monthly expenses that I'm considering in my business, and I'm just going to run through and spill them off to you, basically. Okay. All right. Where's the internet speed and fucking lockdown, honestly? So when you're looking at these monthly expenses, um, you know, it might be, you're not necessarily going to know the exact amount. And when I'm giving you these, when I'm talking about these topics, what can happen is speak to someone that might have experience. You know, if someone were to come to me and be like, fuck, can you help me? Like, what is like electricity even look like? I don't even understand what like water could look like, you know, just have an open, honest conversation. So I'm just going to spill through the list. So month to month, I've got wages for my staff. I've got rent for my building. I've got accounting fees every single month. I've got bookkeeping fees every single month. And I'm going to go ding, ding, ding. They are a significant portion every single month. I mean, they're not huge, but they are They are there. Um, every single month I've got insurance. So 
um, personal, professional indemnity, personal liability, or either or around the other way because I always get them mixed up. Um, Allianz Insurance for like workers' compensation and building, electricity, internet, website hosting, Dropbox. What else have we got? MailChimp, Canvas subscriptions, um, Acuity, which is like a calendar schedule thing. Um, a membership site, Zoom subscriptions. Um, what else have I got? Spotify, um, SoundCloud, which is how I host this podcast. So there's like all of these expenses on a monthly basis. And even though we might not necessarily pay them monthly. So for example, our insurance doesn't get for some of them, it doesn't get paid every single month. It gets paid annually, but I've just been work. I've worked it out over that month. Okay. So that in itself, what's that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. God, there's like 15 things that are there monthly. And then it's plus any other miscellaneous stuff as well. Right. So if I then wanted to send my staff on, um, courses, if I wanted to buy gifts for clients, um, things like, uh, stationary things like, uniform, like equipment, all that kind of stuff. So knowing your numbers of the money that you need to spend on your expenses and then making sure that when you go ahead and create your models, your programs, obviously the money that you're bringing in is taking into account all of that money that you need to send out. Okay. So that's the first thing for aspiring gym owners is know your fucking numbers. Really go into that visualization of, okay, cool. This is my expenses. How am I going to make my gym look in terms of the structure of programs? What am I going to have in place in order to earn that money that I need to pay every fucking month and then some, okay? Because we don't want to be in a position where we're only making enough just to cover. Of course, when you start out, you might be in that position. I definitely was there and it will build from there. But, you know, opening a gym, you want to know what base level numbers you need to have upon opening so that you can really push pre-sales or launch strategies or whatever at the start to get that shit done because you don't want to be fucking making a loss early on. You will just get absolutely shat on. So that's the first point is knowing your numbers, okay? Um, Now, the second point that I wanted to touch base on was looking at your models and your programs. And I've obviously included that in the first point that I've just talked about, but I wanted to make it a separate point because I want to talk about the load associated with that. So what I mean by that is, you know, you need to have a look at your programs that you're offering and how much like mental load, time load, um, resource load, like what is associated with those programs that you're going to offer. So I'll give you an idea. Like I own a gym, a face-to-face gym, right? And I've been running that gym for, we'll be coming into our fifth year next, early next year. Now, I now have an online component that's fully established in my business and I've got a separate online coach that's not just through lockdown. So when we're in lockdown like we are now, we have different products and services that we offer during this particular time. Online coaching is one of them, but outside of uh, lockdown, we still have online coaching as a full proper service within my business. Now, the load associated, like I expanded my team during COVID. So I've got a team of two full-time face-to-face coaches and a online coach. And then I've got myself as well that does, you know, like five clients. Um, Now, the load associated, when I wanted to expand my team, I'm in a position in my face-to-face gym where I can't really sign that many more clients in my gym because of space, like we're at capacity, 
the programs are there. Like we can sign a, a few, but we can't do like a massive push for a big influx because our space is not big enough. Um, and it would also mean that I would need to hire another face-to-face coach. And so when I still want to grow my business, expand and offer products and services to people that want to engage with us, I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'm actually going to look at hiring an online coach and managing the load of our clients in that particular way. And so I'm really glad that when I was looking at hiring, expanding my business, I looked at, okay, is it going to be another face-to-face coach? Is it going to be online programs? Is it going to be intakes or is it going to be like, you know, 12 block courses or educational stuff like that, right? And it's allowed me to go, okay, I don't actually need to manage that many more face-to-face clients. So I don't need to look at moving my facility right now during this particular fucking pandemic. So I know that, gosh, I've been wanting to move into a bigger facility since 2020. (laughs) I've got it in my like journal and my goals book and all that kind of stuff. But given pandemic, like it's not appropriate for me to move the gym right now. But that doesn't mean that I didn't want to continue to grow and expand my business and, you know, continue to serve more clients. But it just meant that if I wanted to undertake that load, because there are people that are taking gyms on right now, and that's cool, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just not something for me. I don't want to sign a new lease in a turbulent time that I deem for myself around pandemics. So the load associated is I'm not going to do that. I don't want to, you know, embark on that journey right now. But to look at changing my models and putting new models into my business, not online training, I had an online coach and I was happy with the load associated with that choice. So when you're making choices around what programs, what products and services I'm going to offer in my business, just be mindful about the load that you're putting on yourself as a business owner and also the load that's going to be required to manage those programs. So if I would assign more clients in a face-to-face, I would need another staff member. And with another staff member comes more wages, obviously. And then that means more expenses as a whole. And I just don't want to deal with that right now. I'm happy to like somewhat maintain our expenses, mitigate them in any way possible, but I don't want to absolutely load any more by having an extra staff member in that capacity. Whereas on an online coach, you know, the the load associated with meters required for someone is exponential. You know, you can have any any online client anywhere in the world. Um, you can sometimes manage more clients in an online capacity. So that was just a really good decision for me. So that's the the take home for point number two is look at your model. Look at the time associated with these programs that you're offering, you know, the mental load associated with it. Is that something that you think you can manage? Is that some kind of adjustments that you need to make? And on that little note, as a side tangent, if you're looking to open your own gym and let's just say it's you, just you, and you're not wanting to have any staff, I think it's so important to look at leveraging your time. So one-on-one models are great, but you are obviously going to reach a ceiling on how much revenue you can, you can bring in if you're trading one hour of time for one client. So looking at a semi-private model or a group model can be really, really important if you're an aspiring gym owner because you're now leveraging your time better to be able to increase your revenue to be able to pay the expenses that you need to pay. And even when you've got multiple staff, it's not necessarily that if you want to be a one-to-one model, you can do that. But the, you know, a semi model, it's just far out. Like there's just so much leverage that you can do on it. So there's so many benefits as a business owner, but straight up as like clients that engage in semi-private models or group models, I just think there are so many benefits to being in programs like that. They bounce off each other. They learn from each other, community connection. God, it's just like ding, ding, ding. So I really think that semi-private models in particular 
um, they are just win-win for both the business owner and the client. So if you're an aspiring gym owner, point number two is look at your models and something like a group model, semi-private model. It's just a no fucking brainer to be quite frank. Okay. Now, point number three for aspiring gym owners is, well, it's like three, yeah, it's three with two points. So you need to be like clear on your branding and your lead generation. Okay. So what I mean by branding, like branding can include so many different things. And I'm definitely going to do a podcast on this. Branding is not just the logo and your colors, right? Like branding, when I think about branding is I like to think about a brand identity is when you've got a really cool brand, it's like that brand of that business is its own person. So a brand, a brand can include the following like topical points. So you've got your color scheme, you've got your logo, you've got your tone of language, you've got, you know, the energy behind it, you've got phrases, you've got typography, which is like your um, headings and stuff. You've got all of these like associated things you've got the photos that you use and how you treat these photos is it bright or is it dark and moody and all this kind of stuff like I think it's really important if you're aspiring to be a gym owner that you have some clarity around your brand image and also your brand personality and identity because you know clients you open a gym clients don't just walk in you need to be attracting clients into your business and having a brand identity can like really allow the clients that you want to train, be able to see your gym, see your business and like go, wow, this is the gym for me. So having an established brand style, brand identity, I think there really needs to be done some some work done there if you're wanting to open a gym so that people can find you. The ones that you want to work with can find you and you can speak to your audience very clearly, not just obviously through, through the copywriting that you're putting through, through your content or your newsletters or blogs or whatever, but like you know, how, how they leave feeling like when they come to your socials page, what kind of words do they use to describe you? What kind of like energy do they get from your social pl- platforms, all that kind of stuff. So I really encourage aspiring gym owners, like they need to have something solid around their branding. And that doesn't mean that that's going to be that it'll very much evolve as you stay in business, but have something like know what is important to you, your messages, your ethos, your values, your energy, your tone of language, tone of voice, all that kind of stuff. And then the next little point merged into that is lead generation. Like when you're doing lead generation, again, lead generation is so fucking important when you own a gym because your expenses will stay the same. So that expense list that I went off, I'm going to have those things all the time, regardless of if I've got 60% capacity or 80% capacity. So if you do not have the ability to generate leads, you get fucked. Like you're still going to be having to pay the same expenses. So when I'm saying in this point with lead generation, lead generation can change and things that are working um, might have nuances in six months time or whatever, like that's quite normal, right? But in lead generation strategy in the health and fitness industry, there's so many things that you can be doing. And I think it's important to be doing them consistently as a business owner, actually, whether you own a gym or not. So for example, in my business, we are forever doing things to generate leads, but also to fucking just give our clients good shit, like to nurture our clients and help them further in their health and fitness journey, right? You know, we're obviously offering things on socials with our content. Like we put a lot of effort into the content and the education that we put out there on those platforms. We're forever updating like our website and and putting stuff out there. Although, you know, I'm just saying this, honestly, my blogs have been very fucking lackluster recently. Um, 
we're doing stuff like that. We are forever doing like reach out. We're forever doing like workshops and, you know, campaigns and stuff like that. Even when we're in a position where we're fully booked. So when we've been in face to face, like we've had a few clients here and there, but we've been quote unquote fully booked with a little bit of movement. Um, and we're still forever lead generating because if I'm not forever lead generating and then we have movements with clients, which is quite normal in the fitness industry, right? Like that is a part of working in the fitness industry is clients. Some clients will go, many will remain. And if you don't know how to turn on the tap or how to attract people into your business, your expenses are going to be high and you ain't going to have enough clients to pay them. So it's just important to know what lead generation strategies are important for your audience, how to execute them appropriately and successfully and do them all the time. Um, so that's, yeah, that's point number three. I've got two things in that number three. It's like have a really solid brand identity and brand strategy and then be really taking lead generation like seriously. Okay. So that's point number three. Now, point number four, I've got two more points. So point number four is, now this is going to sound a little bit like, I don't know, like a little bit cliche, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, You've got to be prepared to fucking work, honestly. So when you're opening a gym, and even when you run a gym, to be quite frank, you know, it's not that you're going to be working 24-7, okay? I'm coming into five years of owning the gym, and, you know, there's, I, I have Wednesdays off, Sundays off, like I'm not 24 hustling my ass, but there are periods of time even now where I'm hustling my fucking ass, right? But you can't do that 24-7. When you first open the gym, you are going to have to work, okay? And you're going to want to work as well. You're going to want to make sure that your current clients are like, you know, feeling really supported, getting what they need to get, making sure that they're getting results. And you're going to want to grow, book out your facility, make sure it's all working streamlined, um, looking for improvements, all that kind of stuff. And it's a lot of load. Now, with that being said, it's about being mindful about recognizing is in an appropriate time. Now, when I opened my gym, it was, I mean, it's not that it was an inappropriate time and I would definitely not change it. It was a good time for me. But you need to like choose in your life if it is. So just as a little bit of a segue, when I opened my gym um, 2017, I got the lease in February and we opened in March. Um, I was like six months pregnant. Yeah, Um, I was pregnant and I had just got recently married and then I was opening a gym. So it was like three huge life things that were happening at once. And it was like. It's, it didn't, it's not that it wasn't stressful, but it was not like completely kicked me on the ass. And the reason that that was an appropriate time for me to open a gym is that I knew I wanted, at that point in time, I knew I wanted to open a gym and it was better to do it then before I had a child that was born for the first six to 12 months of her life. Like, you know, the first year of having a child is extremely time intense and emotionally intense, right? And I just knew that if I'm not going to do it now, it's going to be a lot harder to do it in another year's time. So um, that's what I did as I chose to do it through that time in my life. And I'm so glad that I did. It was the best decision for me. But you need to think, is it a good decision for me? Because I'm going to have to work my ass off. Um, and I worked my ass off. Like I remember um, when we were opening the gym, my husband, actually, he had to go back to New, he didn't have to, but he went back to New Zealand for a wedding. And I think it was like, I think I'm pretty sure it was the weekend before we actually opened. And I was like six months, preg- six months pregnant hauling my ass with like humongous dumbbells, putting the last touches of the equipment and putting things away. 
because he'd just fucking gapped it. Um, and it's like, you know, obviously we decided that's appropriate for him to go. I needed to stay because we were opening a gym, but I had to work my, my pregnant butt off, but it felt good. I was really in flow and in zone and all that kind of stuff. And of course, like I was tired because I was pregnant, but it was the best decision for me. So you are going to work your ass off. And I remember, you know, the first one to two years for me as a gym owner, it was a lot of work. And I also had a newborn at that point in time, but Again, like my husband didn't work for um, a number of months when my daughter was born. So it was the best decision for me. But the point here is be prepared to fucking work because there are going to be points where you're going to be working a lot. You are going to be tired. You are going to be constantly thinking about things. You're going to be worried. You're going to find points where you can't switch off. And, you know, for me, that was fucking worth it. It was challenging and stressful, but it's like um, you stress Oh, gosh, what is it? Eustress versus distress. Yeah. So eustress, if you guys were to Google this, eustress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S versus distress, D-I-S-T-R-E-S-S. So distress, right? That's like you're distressed about the stressful challenge. You're feeling like you're going into the state of, you know, not not enjoying it versus eustress. It's a stress, but you're enjoying the challenge. Um, And that's quite pivotal for me as a business owner now, like with lockdown as an example, right? Like it's, there's definitely points where it's distressing, but there's also points where it's like a state of eustress. Like the last week in particular, I felt very in flow, even though we've been in lockdown, which is hard as a business owner, but I've enjoyed the challenge of some of these things that come through. So business ownership, gym ownership, you're going to work a lot, but it doesn't have to be a distressful state. It can be, you can be in a state of eustress and really enjoy the challenges. So that's something to think about and be aware of is that you are going to work your little tushy behind off and those people that are around you, you know, you really have to lean on them. You really have to let them know how you're feeling, let them know what they can do to help you, all that kind of stuff. Okay. And the last point that I wanted to look at for advice for aspiring gym owners is quote unquote, what my accountant would tell me, and he has presented this to my mentoring ladies, is quote unquote, trim the fat. So what that means is trim the fat on your fucking expenses. So, you know, when you look at the amount of expenses that I, you know, rambled off to you, you want to really trim the fat as much as you possibly can. And it might mean that you only trim the fat by $10 on something on one subscription, but this shit all fucking adds up seriously. So go through every single month, look at your expenses prior to opening a gym. And obviously when you do open a gym and go, okay, cool, can I cut that down? Or is there a different option that's the same, giving me the same outcome, but might be cheaper? So I'm always asking myself that, like, is there an alternative that gives me the same result, but it isn't going to cost as much, basically? So trim the fat consistently. And it actually gets to a point now where I fucking love that task. And I did it. Oh, I think I did it probably about four months ago now. And I'm like to my admin, I'm like, can we go ahead and I'm going to look at all my expenses. Can you please give me a report on all the expenses that are coming through? And then we go, yeah, cool. Expense, cut, 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 cut. And every time that I do it now, there's not much more that I can cut, but I just find it this like sick, like sick, exciting job of going, how much more can I cut? Because every little bit does add up. So trim the fat on your expenses and every little bit counts, okay? Every bit counts. So that's um, one, two, three, five things that I've got for aspiring gym owners to look at. So number one is knowing your numbers. 
Number two is looking at your model, your programs and the load associated. Number three is like really being and identifying with your brand strategy, your brand identity and really knowing that looking and that will help with obviously lead generation. Number four is be prepared to fucking work sometime. And number five is trimming the fat on your expenses. So if you are aspiring to be a gym owner, I'm like celebrating you because it's fucking exciting. And I think that this this is just exciting stuff for the industry. Like here in Australia, it just means that our clients have got more options. If they want to go to more of a boutique style gym, they want to go to something that's really, you know, like it's really set up for them. They want to go and just... They just got so many more options now. And I think that's awesome. So if that's something that you're wanting to do, please don't just fucking go and sign a lease because leases are cheaper right now post COVID, COVID deals and all that kind of stuff. Like you will fuck yourself if you don't think about this in the short term, in the midterm, in the long term, and really like zero your lens like widen your lens from a pinpoint to a helicopter view and start to look at all these things that not only allow you to open a gym, but allow you to keep your gym open because it's easy to open a gym, but it's harder to keep a gym operating and keep a gym successful. And that starts from when you're opening it by opening this lens wider. Okay. So if you have any questions about this, um, I would love for you guys to, you know, make contact if you need any more clarification or if you just want to open up chats about it. Um, I am here. I fucking love being a gym owner, but I fucking hate being a gym owner at times. But if I didn't love it, I wouldn't still have a gym. So, you know, let's, let's have some more conversations about it. All right, guys. Bye. Now, I just wanted to jump on and let you guys know that this is the last opportunity to have a chat in regards to Power Program, which is my six-month mentoring program. So a couple more days. It's the last days before we actually start the intake and we lock down for the next six months. Um, and we, you know, we cover all the foundations of running a thriving and successful business. So whether it's things like branding, lead generation, as I've talked about in this episode, up to things like front-end system, back-end systems, financial literacy, moving into things like scaling and hiring and all this kind of stuff. So it is so exciting. I love this program so, so much. Now, if you want to have a look and have a discussion with me about whether it is actually appropriate, you can go to www.womanandstrength.com.au. At the services tab at the top, you'll click on Power Program. Click on some details around applying for uptake, and then we'll have a chat and see if this is right for you. So I hope to hear from you, and I'm so excited. Bye.